0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas.
1: I've become the vagina lady.
0: This is M. Salation. I have to say that I have several theories about why this is in some ways the ultimate M. Rossiano piece of entertainment <laughs> to continue.
1: That's another thing I have in common with Trump. I
0: do love an all caps text message. That's your dream job. Sit at home with a microphone. Judging hot people. <laughs> You're in M. Salation. Hello? Oh.
1: Hello. Oh, it's nice to see you. It's nice to be in your ears. It's nice to be on your stereo and your Bluetooth speaker. Wherever you're listening, welcome one and all to Emulation season two, episode one. Ah, oh, I've really missed doing the show. I'm sorry we made you wait for so long. Look for some, if you're a newbie here, welcome. Also go back and listen to Season one, just so you're across the flavour of the podcast. It's not a traditional one. It's you know, look, we touch on politics and pop culture and princesses. We're deeply shallow, but it's probably best if you go back and listen to season one if you haven't. My name is Em Rassiano. I will be your spiritual guide, and I will be joined by my best friend since I was eleven, Michael Lucas. I am a stand-up comedian, a writer and a singer, broadcaster, a mother of three, you know, that stuff. Busy working mum, guys. Michael Lucas is a screenwriter. He is probably Australia's most prolific and successful at this point in time. He wrote Offspring. He writes Five Bedrooms. He wrote Rosehaven. He's amazing. So each week, basically, we sit here and we chat about the stuff we text about during the week. (laughs) And today is no exception. Well, I'm feeling good, guys. And I know it's rare that I'll sit here in front of a mic and say to you, I am on a high. I performed at the Sydney Myer Music Bowl a week ago now and I'm still feeling elated. Normally I have a post-show crash, but not this time. I'm still smiling about the fact that I got to do my job again. That 2,600 of you turned out to uh, sit in pods you bought your picnics, you decorated your pods, You crocheted vaginas. It was amazing efforts. There were so many great efforts. And I was just so grateful to be there again, so happy to do what I do. And I wasn't nervous or anxious in any way, which is a first for me, but I don't know. And and all my band were really worried. They're like, Em, what's going on? And I just, I'll tell you, I decided very early on that Anytime I felt myself heading into anxious territory, which is usually for me a fear of the future and a fear of things I can't control, I just stopped myself really consciously and mentally I just did a little pivot and turned it into excitement and turned it into this is great. Think how great it's going to be. What about if this does go right? What about if everyone does come? So I um, I managed to somehow do that and I steered the ship out of the troubled, choppy, anxious seas and into smooth, calm waters. And, guys, it worked. I went into the show fully calm. During the show I was totally present. I can't remember having so much fun on stage, having my daughter Marcella join me to sing Miley Cyrus's Pivotal, The Climb. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. And it really was my chance to kind of, Send out love and appreciation to all Victorians because it was a rare thing that we went through together. You know, with all due respect to all my interstate listeners, I—you didn't really do lockdown unless you were in Victoria. You know, it's not a competition, but it was hard. And so, to be able to kind of look in the eyes of the shiny eyes of people who also obsessed about Brett Sutton and the Auslan interpreter was a nice thing so thank you if you came we were able to give away 200 tickets to nurses victorian nurses frontline gals and guys we normally had tickets for prize winners and i just kind of had a thought i ran frontier and i said hey instead of giving those to like random prize winners could we maybe give them to nurses And they're like, yes, So we were able to make that happen. Gemma, my left-hand woman, dealt with all of the nurses and you were also efficient. You are amazing. She said you are the most efficient crowd she's ever dealt with. Of course, nurses. So um, it's just so great. And I'm never going to take performing for granted again because the arts community, obviously, we still have the sword of Damocles hanging over our heads. Gigs can be cancelled at any moment with no warning. So, yeah, I just... I'm never, ever going to take for granted ever again. And um, I'm getting to do it again at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. We announced just a little surprise gig. I had such a good time on stage that I rang the festival and said, hey, have you got any spots available? I'd just like to do the show again. And they said, yes, we have Melbourne Town Hall for you. So that sold out in a day. We've put on a second show on the 9th if you'd like to come along. It's a stripped back version. It's a smaller version of the bowl, but I just, I wanted to give this show another couple of runs because it is especially for Victoria. Um, so if you'd like to come along, you can go to www.comedyfestival.com.au or just go suss my socials. I'm of course whoring it there. All right. Well, that's enough for me. It's so great to be back. I'm looking forward to a long season. We're going to be here for at least another year, <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Uh, it's time for me to bring in my off-sider, my uh, non-romantic love, Michael Lucas. Play the music. Oh, it's good to say that again. M. Rassiano and Michael Lucas.
0: This is M. Salation.
1: All right, Michael Lucas, welcome back. Season two, episode one. Can the sequel season follow up the roaring
0: success? (laughs) Will it be a Godfather part two or a Grease two? Actually, I defend Grease two.
1: What? That's indefensible. Indefensible? Undefensible? Really?
0: You don't like Grease two? Which word? Indefensible. Okay. No Really? What about the bowling? We're going to bowl tonight. It's got Michelle Pfeiffer. I need a cool, cool rider. rider. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I mean, I look. I have it. Have I seen it since I was a child? No. And do sometimes I go back and look at these films and <laughs> be like, sweet Jesus." But anyway, I'm confident we we won't be a grease 2 then.
1: Oh, babe. Grease One is so problematic. We can never watch it again. Like I can't even, oh, it hurts me. There's so many things wrong with Grease One. (laughs) There
0: there are, but I feel like I was already starting to become aware of the problematic nature of Grease One at about age eight. So I'm kind of like used to forgiving Grease in a way.
1: (laughs) And for the first time this season, everything is problematic. Oh, God, that did not take long. (laughs) All right. Look, there's a lot to catch up on, but the thing that you and I have most been captivated by is what's happening within Australian politics, specifically within the coalition party, specifically in the last 24 hours with our Prime Minister,
0: Scott Morrison. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is, if only it were a little more specific, it seems to be pretty widespread, it seems to be all over Parliament House, and there's so many different like horrific stories emerging all at once. I mean,
1: before we get in, I can't believe that it was Australian politics that was the first arena to have the reckoning of terrible behaviour by men. I honestly thought it would be another industry. I just thought the politicians would be able to deflect it for longer.
0: Well, I feel like film and TV has had the reckoning. We we had a pretty, I mean, now everything's changed in terms of if you start a production and you you have to do like really quite intense briefings about bullying and harassment and all that sort of stuff and there's so many quotas have been put in place. And uh, so I and remember with all of the, you know, Craig McLaughlin and Don Burke and all that sort of stuff, There, I felt like there was a change or I felt mm. a change. Not that there still isn't a long way to go. Other forms of mm. entertainment, not so sure.
1: <laughs> Radio's yet to have one.
0: And I'm just,
1: I'm not going to start it, but I will pile on.
0: (laughs) You may have some things to contribute when the time comes.
1: But I don't think TV in Australia did have its reckoning. I think a few high-profile scalps went, but I know for a fact. There are still men working in the Australian television industry that would be very, very nervous. You know
0: the distinction I would make? I'd probably say that more in drama it has because drama the thing is like shows go for three months and then it's a whole new team so there was that ability to keep resetting and resetting. When it's long running shows like mm. news departments and everything like that, they've been going forever. That's a lot harder to change and so you, oh, I'm yeah. sure you're right. And even in drama I mean I'm sure but like, there's still so far to go across yeah. the board but I must admit even I was a bit shocked but just how far there was to go in federal politics
1: (laughs) (laughs) so look this has been a horrific few weeks if you are a female in Canberra I think it's fair to say whatever side of politics you're on I think certain things are coming to light that would be very triggering That Mm. a lot of women who work in Canberra and at Parliament House will be like, yeah, we know this has been going on for years, but we haven't spoken out because of loyalty to the party and you don't want to lose your job and you want to progress in your career. And because those powerful men are determining who does that, there's just been this ring of secrecy. And I think what happened with Brittany Higgins kind of, it allowed the dirty corners to be exposed. Mm. And... I think, what you know, with her alleged rape within Parliament House, what got me was ScoMo's kind of casual response to that. And yet we saw him on the telly last night almost weeping mm. after finding out that one of his senior Liberal staffers had jizzed on the desks of female MPs. Like, that's what brought ScoMo to his knees. That, for me, is the big thing. His reaction to an alleged rape of Brittany Higgins in Parliament House by one of his staffers, <clears> a less response than the jizzing on the desk. I don't understand.
0: No, well, I think the idea yesterday was for him to imply that the accumulation of everything was oh. was triggering those tears. That it had been a very difficult month, and and that finally he was <laughs> he was breaking down. Okay, well, i just I think that my, my understanding was that was the intention. It may have been derailed, at a mate.
1: Mate. Look, for those of you who missed it, he, it was a reset for me. I honestly think it was, he sat down with the empathy coach mm-hmm. who at this point must have a solid gold Rolls Royce <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and said, what, what, what do I, what do I do? And the empathy coach is like, okay, okay. This is what we're going to do. Got to do a reset presser. You got to get out there. You got to be the hero for women. Mention Jenny, the kids, mention your mum." Didn't he? Let's have a listen. Let's have a little listen to Skome mentioning all the women in his life. I have the deepest of vested interests. Criticise me, if you
0: like, for speaking about my daughters, but they are the centre of my life. My wife is the centre of my life. My mother, my widowed mother, is the centre of my life. They motivate me every day on this issue. They have taught me the values and the faith that sustains me every single day in this job, which is why I'm here. I owe them everything.
1: All right, so, I mean drink of tears he nearly sounded genuine oh, no, I,
0: i'm gonna say at this particular point of the press conference i mean i'm d- enormously skeptical of him pulling out the wife and kids but at this particular point i felt like the empathy coach was probably sitting there going he's going okay he's he's it's you know could have been worse maybe by their standards
1: i think the empathy coach stuffed up because mm. it's pr 101 guys if you've watched enough tv docos as i have you know men who are in trouble bring up their families to appear wholesome. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Think about old mate Attorney General. He had a picture of his son on the desk. Oh. So It's like, I, first of all, the alarm bells went off for me. As soon as he's mentioning Jenny and the girls, I was like, oh, what has that got to do with anything? It no, has I know. nothing Absolutely. to do with anything. Like, I don't understand him constantly positioning those women as though the only reason he cares about women is because he has daughters, wives, and a mother. You are the leader of Australia. You should care about women regardless of who the women are in your life. You should care about all the women that you're in charge of leading. And I just, I hate that he keeps bringing them up.
0: I know, I know. He even said at one point, I have a vested interest in all of this because I have daughters. And it's like, well, (laughs) I don't know. As Prime Minister, your vested interest should just be the Australian people.
1: Right? (sighs) Shouldn't that be enough? And, And I just, he kept saying, I'm listening. I'm listening, I'm listening. And I'm
0: like, yeah, but what are you doing? And I just want to preface by saying at this point, this is actually going to emerge as the highlight of the press conference. Oh,
1: this was like, he he looked like a prince at this point. Like, I just want to see, where's the structural change within the Liberal Party? Like, there's so many things he could easily do to make this better. Well, he
0: talked about maybe we should consider quotas, which maybe... (laughs) <laughs>
1: the Labor Party have had a quota since 94, guys. They're almost at gender parity. Yeah, like,
0: and and it hasn't, like, Liberal Party's been stuck at, like, 20% or something that entire
1: time? 26%. 26%. That's the first thing. Maybe get a quota. Maybe. And then there's all these opposition to quotas, people saying, oh, you know, people need to get hired on their merits. We can't just be. They're not going to, like, pop my 13-year-old daughter in there because she's got a virgin. No. Like, <laughs> there are plenty of women with merit out there who are getting passed over because of the boys' club. There are plenty.
0: Oh, totally. Julia Gillard used to say something great about that that said, if you believe that there is no difference in intelligence or ability between women and men, that it's equal, and if you accept that we are in society 50-50 split between women and men just as a population, or 51% women actually, then merit's not a problem. It shouldn't be a problem to say that you're aspiring to, unless you fundamentally believe that that Mm. women are less capable.
1: It's funny, a friend of mine worked at Parliament House and has often mentioned the prayer room. The prayer room is, look, God's name is shouted out loud, but not in the way that that room is intended. Mm. Apparently it is just known as the the sex room. That's just what it's called.
0: And I... Have friends that worked on a TV show, Secret City, which was about Canberra and filmed in Canberra. And see, I heard about the prayer room too from years ago. But my take on, like, I think it's generous to say it's the sex room because my understanding of it was that it was essentially the wank room. And the oh and research people working on that show went in there. There were stains on the cushions in the room. Isn't that oh disgusting? Oh my god! I know <laughs> this is. I, I know.
1: I just- who are these men? Who are the, who, like, I don't, is it this enormous ego? What, what is
0: it that? Uh, oh, look, i really, yeah, I wish I could provide more um, insight as a man. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, one one thing I think you've got to remember is that essentially Parliament House is filled with these men that essentially came from the same boys' private schools. And I do think that a culture sort of starts to develop there and then it travels all the way to Canberra oh. and all the way into and it, it does feel like I mean, yeah, they must get the sense that the normal rules don't apply to them. I mean, I, but I still I don't understand No, I don't What understand. is it
1: that's so horny about policy making? Like, <laughs> what's turning them on in question time? What's getting them so riled up? So guys, just gotta take a five minute wank break. <laughs> prayer room? Yeah, prayer room. Okay, great. Meet back in ten. Great, sounds good. I won't take me ten.
0: Yeah, I, I might send you a picture. Oh I'll just put that on the WhatsApp. <laughs>
1: That kills me. The person who came forward, the, the guy who was all blacked out, the whistleblower, yeah. who also admitted that he had done these acts. Yeah. It was like he like, oh, I got sent so many dick pics I became immune to it. What? I know. Imagine your phone binging and someone's wang and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah. What? And what is the nature of that WhatsApp group? <laughs> I know. Oh,
1: Listen, I'm not for phone tapping or phone hacking in any way, but if if there are Russian spies listening, as I know we're big amongst the Russian spy community, if we could get access to that WhatsApp group, can you
0: imagine? Well, I really, I think what would help me is they showed pixelated versions of the pictures on the news. I need to see the intervening messages and emoji to understand how we've ended up in this situation. How's the chat got to the point <laughs> that we're jizzing? In someone's what? office, and what's the response? What is the emoji that you send in what? response to that? Is it I
1: a thumbs know. up? I the wonder-
0: whale. <laughs> <laughs> the sassy whale. You and I, we go in a bit. Of, we go. Uh, we go into GIF land or GIF land. I don't know. I still don't know how to say it. Yes. We, we like to one up with each other with the, the GIFs and yeah. sometimes they can go for hours. <laughs> is it essentially <laughs> some sort of weird, twisted, toxic masculinity version of that where they've progressed onto how far can you go with dick pics and GIF shots?
1: I'd say, I mean, it, it's a sassy whale for me. You know how I feel about sassy whale. But I cannot believe this is disgusting, reprehensible, degrading behaviour. To do it on female, like, yes, we're joking about it because that's the only way I can survive this, but I just want to absolutely categorically state this is not okay. And, like, this is the problem with having too many men in one spot. <laughs> Women aren't going around rubbing one out on a dude's swivelly office chair. Oh, look at me. I'm humping his chair. I'll take it. F- Women don't do that. We need more women. And I keep reading these things like, oh, people I look up to are letting me down. You know what the answer to that is, Michael?
0: Look up to more women. <laughs>
1: you need more female heroes. That's totally. what is the answer to this is. But, God. I mean, it's, it's sort
0: of this horrible catch-22 because, like, if you're a young, brilliant woman, why are you going to look at this environment oh. and think, yeah, I want to go there? But we need them to. We, we need do. them desperately to. And yet <sighs> I don't blame them for steering clear, Jesus Christ.
1: Well, I also hope that that bloody chapel's getting a steam clean. <laughs> I hope that that thing is being basically, I know this may be sacrilegious, but I think God will understand. Holy water's not going to cut it. No. I think. <laughs> I think they're going to have to start a fire in there and
0: rebuild. Yeah.
1: Because, oh, my God. But what I will say is there are two shining lights at the moment. Festival this morning, Liberal MP Catherine Kuzak has called out ScoMo. She's been blistering on Twitter. And she's kind of the f- one of the first liberal female MPs to go, yeah, I have had enough. Mm. And she has said to him, stop mentioning your kids and your wife and talk to me. Yeah. Talk to the other female MPs. We're ready. So I think I feel like the protection of the party that that has been obliterated and I think now there's going to be more Liberal Party female MPs coming forward with some pretty horrendous stories but you've been loving the female journos
0: oh look I've always loved a female reporter like it since childhood and I, I I honestly this is so pathetic.
1: We- yeah oh I Jana actually think
0: Vance. to be honest the the genesis of all this for me Lois Lane in Superman oh, I was obsessed with her obsessed with her yeah and then mm. there were many many real life Lowest Lane's, but better. And yeah, Yarn Event when we were growing up. I mean, Um. what an icon. And think back on it now. Like, what an unusual figure to be. And she was the absolute pinnacle of Australian TV in the 80s and 90s. But one of the reasons why this story has really taken hold is because they will not let up. And it is such a team. It does feel to me like the Avengers. You've got your Lisa Wilkinson's. (laughs) She's really good for the empathetic interview, but Mm. still with a lot of firmness there, still Mm. can really make a point. Samantha Maiden, who I'm obsessed Mm. with, who who is just like laser focus. And then you've got Lee, don't forget Lee Sales. Oh, did we see last night? Lee oh. made a whole point about how SCOMO had rejected 13 invitations to come on to 730 and oh. they cut to the empty chair. It was such a mic drop moment.
1: And I love how she tweeted, the Prime Minister has said he is unavailable. Oh, oh. the shade, the shade Lee Sales. And Annabelle,
0: Annabelle as well oh. can go on Insiders and she just is so articulate. I don't know how she regroups in the moment and just in such a clear, evocative way summarises what she's thinking. Catherine Murphy, the guy, I mean, there's so many of them. They have, re- like, I know I must be leaving people out, but it, it does feel like it's across so many networks and mm. they've all come together on this sort of common mission of basically exposing the story that's been hidden for decades and decades and decades. Mm. And I, God, I love watching them. I love
1: watching. Them. It's exciting, and we all power to you, ladies, if you're listening. We love it. We love to see it. To all the male journo's, sit down, <laughs> sit down, give your platform to all the female journo's, because I can tell you, the print media world is not going to escape this either. I think Daryl, <laughs> <a lot.
0: laughs>
1: it's going to be once the radio stuff comes out. I do want to point out, I was thinking last night, what's the worst thing a male superior said to me? I think when I got my job in breakfast radio, and this man no longer works at the company, he said to me, would you blow a goat for this job, Em? (gasps) What? No.
0: No, No, it doesn't seem like it would be a relevant skill.
1: And then he goes, you'd be a spitter, you wouldn't swallow. What? Sorry. And at the time, I just... Laughed it off because I really wanted the job. But there are numerous, I could give so many examples of, I had a guy say to me, we don't care about you here at the radio unless you've got a cock and balls. He's very senior. Oh, there's women. Women in radio have so many stories. And, like, I've been dragged for my behaviour. Tracy Bartram's been dragged. Like, Michelle, there's so many of us are being called out for apparently being, you know, demanding divas. And yet these men are still protected. But I feel like there's something in me that feels like there's a reckoning coming for these men who are protected Mm. because I have protected them. I'm still protecting them because I'm not prepared to be the one to name it. Oh, it's so hard and it takes such a toll. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, but fair enough because the level of abuse, the, the women that, we watch and that we know that have mm. that have called out people i mean it really comes at an enormous personal cost, cost and they're yeah. heroes
1: yeah they are to me i get a little bit teary and i i feel like God, i'm so glad you're brave enough to do this because i am not and i know women in radio and tv have like way worse stories than i could ever conjure i know it i've heard them and i do hope that one day it comes out i do <sighs> all right <laughs> look there's definitely shake ups and shakedowns going on. And um, hopefully, you know, in the next election, the women of Australia remember.
0: I oh, know. I'm scared because I, I really think it'll hurt if, uh, yeah, if there's no change at we'll the next see. election.
1: I think, look, there could be. <laughs> right. Now, on to more exciting things. Hmm. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, full disclosure, this is the second time we're recording this because I fucked up the first
0: time. But the um, weird thing is, I'm not worried about summoning the same level of excitement again. <laughs> it's just, it, honestly, if I, we could draw power from our fandom of the thing you're about to talk about, then global warming would be solved.
1: Ah, Alexander Hamilton. I'm going to <laughs> Hamilton. I'm going to the Hamilton World Premier. World Premier. Not the World Premier. Australian Premier. Well, might as well be the
0: World S- Premier because it's the only production on in the world at the moment.
1: Exactly. That's the other thing. Saturday night at the Lyrics Theatre in Sydney, I am attending. I don't know how I got an invite. I don't. No, how I managed to get one, but I did. I mean,
0: could it be the close to two years of incredibly public, ultra mega fandom of Hamilton? (laughs) Would that have had an effect? Who knows? I don't think you've hid your love of it under a bushel.
1: (laughs) Bushel? How Hamilton? Could it have been me sliding into the DMs of the man in charge of sending out the invites? Who's to say?
0: (laughs) Who's to say how it happened? (laughs) (laughs)
1: But Marcella and I are attending and my friend, Lyndon Watts, well, when I say my friend, I'm really good friends with his older brother, but like... fire osmosis and, you know. Fire
0: osmosis mixed with a little bit of mega fandom and desperation. He is Light now. Stalking. If you want to call him your best friend for the next week, I accept it.
1: Okay, okay, okay. My best friend, Lyndon Watts, is playing Burr. And he is genuinely, I have been friends with his brother for ages and whenever Rennie puts up pictures of Lyndon, like when Lyndon was going to school at WAPA, he put up videos of him singing at like, 17, and I was obsessed. I've been obsessed with this kid for a long time Mm. via his brother's family private videos. (laughs) And then when I found out they were casting Hamilton, I sent him a message. I'm like, I mean, you're being you're playing bearer right. He's like I can't say, I can't say, I can't say and he was very good and then finally he's like I can't keep it in. I am. <sighs> and it was so exciting. And so yes, I'm definitely going to cry. This is the thing you, the lyric theater is allowed to be at 100% capacity. So we have to all wear masks during the entire performance.
0: Actually it's got to go above your oh that that's a visual above joke. She's my nose. Yeah, I had the below. mask under
1: my nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be over my nose. So I don't know how that's gonna work with the furious sobbing that's going like the explosive crying that would definitely be happening the, m-
0: <laughs> the moment. Pity the people around you. Because there's gonna be projectile liquid.
1: Oh, I'm gonna be bawling. It means so much. Like it's the first live theater I will have seen that I'm not on stage actually performing in. It is the only place this type of thing's happening. Broadway is still dark. Mm. West End still dark. Shows are just coming, you know, rolling out now. I know how tough the entertainment industry has been doing it. I know how hard the performers have been doing it, you know, and it's just. And it is
0: unquestionably your favourite musical of all well, time that you have not seen yet. You've been in love with it for years, years yeah. upon years, and you've yeah. never seen it live.
1: I can't. Even just sitting here now talking about it. She's going to explode. Yeah!
0: I'm
1: so <laughs> excited! So, look, if, you, if you're anywhere near my social media, on oh, watch out. Saturday night, I warn you. The only like downside is, and I know this is ridiculous. I have to walk a red carpet and oh poor me, I know. Which do you think to complain <laughs> poor about? you
0: inconvenience by
1: the I premiere know, of I Hamilton, know, your free I tickets
0: know. in Sydney to the ultimate show. Yeah.
1: But if we can just separate that from the enormous anxiety I feel about walking in front of cameras and my chins and my corrective underwear sticking out and like you
0: would think on the face of it that M, with her love of such things as drag race would would effortlessly and confidently go in every time and slay that red carpet but it causes a lot of anxiety and you've been known to have a red carpet mishap
1: oh i had nipples out once <laughs> <laughs> didn't
0: and find that in a out. deliberate way not no. in a kind of madonna way
1: nah there they were the big brown almonds <laughs> in full view i had no idea luckily at the time i'd only had Two children, so they were kind of still where nipples should be. Now they're not. Now they just tucked underneath. Now it looks like I, I don't even have nipples sometimes. But yeah, no, I'm I'm wearing like this sequined, uh, severe-shouldered purple, gold, and blue number, and it's got a matching bum bag, which sounds weird, but it works. Trust me.
0: <laughs> I, I believe you. I mean, in Hamilton's, bit, you're not going to throw away this shot. <sighs> oh my god! You'll be seeing that song live very
1: soon. I can't wait. So that's what's happening in my. What are you doing this weekend? Anything exciting? Like going no, to- I
0: to- <laughs> nothing. I have talked about having lunch with my mother. <laughs> Might take her to a movie, which we can do now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no. I'll be. We all know on Saturday night I'll be sitting there watching your Instagram.
1: Yeah, I basically will just be doing a live stream, not during the show obviously i'm just looking to forward see.
0: to the before and after like you'll go in basically oh. hyperventilating and then what i'm because i don't like when it comes up uh, what are we going to get washed out tear streaked m are you going to be able to speak are you going to be over articulate i don't quite know what it's going to do to you i'm imagining there'll be several cycles and you'll record <laughs> them all and i'm imagining like hotel room late at night you hunched <laughs> by the clothing, <laughs> still processing it
1: Do you know the funny thing about these things? So the PR company makes sure that there's a camera to record the people who have gone to the premiere's reactions straight away. Mm. So I cannot be found by that
0: camera. They should get that camera hard on you. They'd be mad not to. You're the most expressive person. (laughs) You wear your emotions on your sleeve.
1: It will just be me like, oh, my God, that's so good. She take my first board. She's here with me. Just, have it. just take out, Pick up my cello, throw it at the camera. Oh, this is, like I am so – that's the one thing. I've been caught out before like crying walking because live <laughs> theatre moves me so, to my core since I was a little girl. It's something about it and you'll know it. If you're a musical theatre fan or you're a theatre fan in any way, the moment the orchestra, you know, all settle down and and play their harmonising note in tune (laughs) and the lights go dark and for a moment all the world is shut out your life is shut out whatever's happening in your life is shut out and you're just with these extraordinary talented people about to export you into a world that that will just thrill you and Soothe you, like I just love it so much. you
0: I, I, Look, you're probably overcorrect. They'll come up to you and you'll and you'll you'll pull it into you'll be you'll be like Linda Hamilton in Terminator two when she has to pretend she's sane and she's sitting there going, the machines don't exist. You'll be just like, I quite enjoyed that performance with your face twitching slightly. <laughs>
1: would recommend thank you can I please go now (laughs) yeah so it's very exciting I'll let you all know but it's just nice that it's back honestly I'm so happy for all the performers um look that's it I said I'd talk about my comedy festival show I don't know I feel weird it's promoting it again uh, we've put on a second show because the first one sold out so quickly I really wanted to do this show again because it's a love letter to Melbourne it probably wouldn't work as well oh, I like, don't
0: feel weird I'll say it it uh, totally is a love letter to Melbourne and I, it really surprised me I mean I was just expecting you back on stage great, great but it surprised me how funny and emotional it was that it was this look back at lockdown and because walking- you had no idea. Normally I send you scripts, but I kept you in the dark about this one. I did anticipate some Brett Sutton thirst and it absolutely delivered on that front. Absolutely. (laughs) And fulsomely. Um, But I didn't even know the set list, except I knew that you and Cello were singing The Climb. Other than that, didn't even know that. So I went in surprise. And let's just say stories of lockdown are well and truly in your comedic wheelhouse. (laughs) lockdown was great landscape for the kind of gags M likes to tell mm. on stage the kind of stories she's attracted to but then mm. what really surprised me was just yeah it was it's emotional and only i mean i know the pandemic's affected all of australia but yes, let's just face it affected melbourne worse and, yeah, and the did. show it's melbourne comedy festival it's gonna be great
1: yeah, and it's, you know, it's down and dirty. It's a smaller venue. I mean, when I say that, it still seats 1,000. But mm. um, we're at 75% capacity because we're not football. So tickets did go very quickly. And the second show is selling very quickly. So if you want to come along, please do. Um, it's just nice to be back to where I started. And it's a little bit, I don't know, the first show I did in Melbourne Town Hall seated 15 people. So that was in
0: 2014. <laughs> And seven years 70% later, of those were people that I, <laughs> either me, my family, or my work colleagues. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's a little bit, I feel a little bit proud of myself. I'm, I'm trying to do more of that I'm kind of back at the festival and I don't know. It's just, it'll be fun. It'll be good. Please come along. All right. Thank you for re-recording this end bit, which I <laughs> See, somehow I them, managed no to cut off. had no problem summoning the nah. excitement. You
0: just need to say nah. the word Hamilton. <laughs> I could have gone for hours.
1: <laughs> oh you could have gone God. right up
0: until the performance time. So true.
1: I know. I wish somehow I could just be miked during the performance. Maybe I would just... Why don't I just put voice memos on my phone? I'm
0: like, okay, oh, my God, it's opening. It's I'll just record I will just would my... even accept if you took like a heart rate monitor and we could see sort of like your medical graphs throughout <laughs> the show.
1: Yes, like when you go to like F45 and they put all your heart rates up on the screen. Yeah, we need that, but in Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. First step back. Well done. And we'll chat soon.
0: We will. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. This is Emsolation.
1: That's it. Thank you very much for listening, for being back. It's good to be back. We will be in your ears every Thursday, reliably so, 6 a.m. You can listen to us on your morning walk or at your own leisure over the weekend. It'll be next week (laughs) that we can finally reveal the big news about the podcast. If you attended the Sydney My Music Bowl show, I may have let it slip there so you already know. Otherwise, next week you'll find out what's happening with your favourite podcast. I'm assuming we're your favourite. Uh, don't forget if you like to come to the my comedy festival show you can (laughs) just go to my socials at mraciano. all the details are there and make sure you're following the Salation podcast on instagram at emsalation podcast we're going to be starting some love nundrums soon as well so if you have a particular situation in your love life that you would like me to make better or make worse you can email hello at mraciano.com and i will discuss your love problem with michael (laughs) we're gonna throw those in every now and then oh it's so good to be back have a wonderful weekend week ahead i as you know have got a big weekend oh my god i am not throwing away my shut i'm so excited i'm sorry if you're not a hamilton fan well i'm not i'm i'm just sorry for you go and become one it's so so good all right see you guys bye